Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome to Fireteam Chat, IGN's Destiny Show. Thank you so much for joining us. Joining me today in the studio is CJ Gibson. What's up? Sean Finnegan. Hello. And Miss Team KK via Skype. We are so excited to have you. How's your day going (laughs) today? Fantastic. I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, anytime. On today's show, we're actually going to be talking about some of the faction rally things that are going on right now. It's basically the last one of season two. We're going to be talking about... The meta discussion we had last week, PvP versus PvE, and we're going to be talking about how Bungie is going to be punishing quitters soon, and I'm very excited about that. So let's talk about this behind-the-scenes clip that we posted right off the bat. You guys had a a conversation about PvP versus PvE balancing. Mm. CJ, what was the topic, and how did Sean win that argument? Oh, there it is. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Well, I mean, he won because uh, that top comment got posted very early into the YouTube section. I won because my (laughs) argument was logically sound. Oh, there it is. No, we were basically debating about how, you know, why does it take Bungie so long to do the updates? The part where I basically was like, okay, we're going to go into this is when you're like, oh, it's easy. You know, they just need to do a PTR. And I'm like, <laughs> whoa, what are you talking about? It oh. is not easy. They haven't, you know, there's been constant kind of upheaval about the lack of meta update or, you know, how long does it take? So, yeah. Well, they do need to integrate a PTR, but that's not the point. Right. Like, first off, I want to tell the audience, like, these aren't arguments, you know? No, like, these are just, yeah, yeah, like, all of That's us are super... Wrong about. Yeah. <laughs> all of us are super passionate gamers, and discussions like these uh, that get really into the nitty-gritty of design and, like, uh, perception and uh, balance and all that, we have these discussions all the time in the office about yeah. all sorts of games. So well, it's not an argument. Let's bring Miss Team KK in on the discussion. What did you think about the topic? And CJ, what was it for context for uh, her? Yeah, I'll give everybody a little bit of context. So we were discussing how... Uh, Sean was basically saying he liked how uh, 343's been doing updates lately where they articulate a problem and what they're doing to rectify it which my main argument was that's great within a you know a sandbox update that doesn't introduce content or new weapons or armor that changes the aspect of the game mm-hmm. big challenges with i think destiny is you have a game that's trying to do two things pve and pvp at the same time which was the basis of my argument yours was well regardless of that they should be able to articulate what specifically they're adjusting and probably do it a little bit faster Mm-hmm. For the most part. Um, and so, again, for those people who posted online, there was a mix of both. I mean, mm-hmm. I will say that, and I kind of agreed with you in the middle of the discussion, that I do think Sean is right in that it should be done a little bit faster. And I think a lot of people agreed, but there was not a complete consensus, oh, this way is absolutely right and this way is absolutely wrong. And that's what the discussion was based around. So, yeah, Lauren, like, uh, yeah. you got a chance to watch the clip. What did you actually think? Tiebreaker, Lauren, go. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, I think you're right in the fact that trying to change the meta around all these hundreds and thousands of gun combinations is nearly impossible. Uh, but by making it so equal and or balanced, it's boring. No one no one wants to have one gun that, you know, is the same as every other gun in that class. Like you could use almost anything. There wasn't mm-hmm. no there's no desire to go find that 
high caliber round or, or a hand cannon with a perfect roll, which is not balanced in essence, but it's what makes destiny fun. Yeah. It's grinding exactly. to find that perfect gun that you want to use. And it's not, it is technically a meta, but you still had to have some type of, there was a skill gap there with hand cannons like totally. that in D1. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you, not everyone could use that gun, but if you were good and you had it, you were almost unstoppable, which was yeah. fun. And often Zero would sell that weapon or you could earn it in a fairly easily manner in the game, which is why people like made wikis or how to videos about how to earn those particular items. Yeah, because here's the thing. Like, I'm going to say something pretty controversial right now. <laughs> oh, really? Here we go. Uh, <laughs> the most Stop balanced it. Destiny has ever been was during the last Horde and Thorn era. Like, that's, that's the way I look at that because – Everyone used Thorn or Last Word, and they countered each other effectively for a primary. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, I, but that was my counter argument. I was like, it, so you have hundreds of thousands of variations with random rolls, and literally, and a couple of people corrected me, like, oh, CJ, there's Hopscotch Pilgrim, there was this and that, and there was other sure, weapons sure. to compete. There's always but, some exceptions. There was something. But my main point was right. But you you have uh, five hundred thousand combinations, and then you what have like. Two to five for like a primary, two to five for a secondary, and two to five weapons for your power at the time. So heavy. I really don't quick, mind no. that. I don't mind that. That's more. Yeah, so fun. Say, is there anything wrong with that? Yeah, it's Nothing. more fun. No, we. So we, and that was the other thing. That's where mostly I think people are not understanding. We're not d- disagreeing with each other. We we mostly all enjoy Destiny One PvP, and like you said, Lauren, like it does. It feels better, but. I think the question is, why did they do this for Destiny 2? And that's what I'm trying to understand. Small note before you guys continue about the random rolls. The Thorn and Last Word era, random rolls weren't necessarily in the game yet. They were not. They were king. So mm-hmm. you just had basically static roles from what you could get at the vendor. So yep. look, like look at it the per, look at it from the perspective of a player who wants to attain those things, right? Like if you're going into PvP and you recognize that everyone is using Last Word or Thorn. It creates an incentive for you to want those exact same weapons if you plan to be competitive. Now, you don't have to. You can play with whatever weapons you want, but there's a reason that the good players and the most competitive teams are using those weapons, right? So if mm-hmm. if progression is your thing, if you want to play competitively, you have to get these things. It's that chase that makes Destiny fun. And then who knows? You get the weapon and three, four, five months, ideally not a year like it's come to be. (laughs) But three, four, five months down the road, the meta shifts again, either as new weapons are introduced or maybe they say, hey, this meta is too imbalanced and not fun. And they make Mm -hmm. a call based on player feedback Mm -hmm. and then they change it. But this ever – the shifting idea of the meta always changing, that's what meta is. There's no such thing as if your gameplay just stays the same for a year, that's not the meta. That's just the game and Mm -hmm. that's not – like meta implies that it's always shifting and I just Mm -hmm. don't think that – I think that the fact about Destiny 2 is that it shows that Destiny developers – balanced pvp towards this more casual and accessible equal level of playing field Huge mistake. which is less fun mm-hmm. yeah there was just a documentary about warframe sorry go ahead lauren i was just saying yeah you're right it's boring definitely yeah there's this documentary about warframe and how they were talking about how do we make our game more accessible to the casual players because they log in and they see this overwhelming menu and they have to make that consideration. But after a while, it's like, who are you going to cater to? The thousand hour player or the player that's going to come in and build? Yeah. So for context, I saw your tweet about this. Mm-hmm. The clip is from, uh, Danny O'Dwyer's right. no, no clip, clip documentary about Warframe. And it's just a minute or minute and a half clip about how the developers 
address what are two different philosophies of game design, right? Either, and I'm being a little reductive here, but this is the gist of their argument, which is that do you try and balance and make gameplay accessible but less interesting mm-hmm. so that it appeals to a wider audience? Or do you bet on your most hardcore audience even if it's inaccessible? Mm-hmm. And the example they used was, yeah, a new player will log in and look at like the talent trees and stuff. They're and like, I'm out. It looks like mm-hmm. total nonsense, thing, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. That idea that you're losing out that player, but that is so valuable to the person who's going to put a thousand hours in, that's the type of player I am. I've always said I hoped Destiny made it more of a gun skill game and then doubled down and made deeper RPG mechanics. And that's because that's personally what I wanted from it. And it just looks like they went the other way. Or worse, they tried to go the middle route and ended up doing neither of them both either way. Yeah, exactly. So let me ask Lauren this. If you could today make a decision and have Bungie – revert to some time in Destiny 1, that style of game, would would you do that, A, and then which time period? Yes. Last <laughs> like word. immediately? Give me back my last word and my longbow and we're good to go. Well, <laughs> yeah. then, but, but if we could combine both those eras, 100%. Because that was fun. Like I, I've always been a competitive player and if anyone has ever watched my content, that's what I did. Is I, I, I was trials all the time, PvP. That was my grind and I absolutely loved it and I was decent at it. And then once D2 came around, everything was just boring. No gun is exciting. There's nothing I really need to have so I could use in PvP that I'm grinding for. There isn't a certain role that I know will give me an upper edge in in an encounter. And fighting in general is boring with the way that that, um, health is regened and all that. And people hide around corners. They're hiding. or It's not... It's not encouraging one-on-one fights. Mm-hmm. It's encouraging people to dip out of fights and run away. And it's, I don't know, it's just not nearly as fun. So now that we've all agreed that CJ lost the argument, <laughs> let's talk about uh, the update that's coming next week, Tuesday. <laughs> so update 1.1.4. 1. 1. Uh, they're adding, they're adjusting the, the sandbox of PvP, basically. <laughs> and uh, they're going to be making a lot of what sound like positive changes. Now you propose, yeah. CJ, sort of a, a fun question. What if it breaks everything? Yeah, I mean, I feel like you know, when Destiny does that is when people have the most fun. My example that I used when I didn't lose was Vex Mythoclast, <laughs> uh, which again, I don't know if uh, how early... Did you get that weapon very early into Destiny 1, Lauren, when you were playing Vex? No, I didn't. No, everyone else had it and they were just destroying in PvP. And I <laughs> ah, yeah. So then, did you get... You got it after the nerf. After, after, yep. So this is really another part of my argument, is that there's something to be said for when you find out these power weapons exist and you're chasing for them, like Vex, like Galahorn, like Hawkmoon. And again, we'll talk about Hawkmoon not being available to the Xbox players for all year one. When that happens and then you finally obtain this weapon because there's RNG, didn't that tick you off that you got vexed and then it was nerfed because they were adjusting some of these things? It, I mean, it had to be nerfed. So yeah, that's the it thing. It did. Is, yes. Yeah, I think and they nerfed under- it pretty quick too. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah, they did. Like, yes, I can understand the frustration, but there's a difference between like a pursue a gun that you're pursuing because it's good and it's the new meta versus a gun that's just blatantly broken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we kind of had that in yeah. Destiny too when Lens was destroying everything. That's right. It's like, ah, yeah. oh, it's not right. Promethean mm-hmm. Lens, and so yeah. you know when that happens. And I'm not advocating that I think Destiny Two is a better game. I love Destiny One PvP. Mm-hmm. I'm saying I think that a lot of these decisions were made because they listened to complaints of the community early on with some of those things because people. 
people are going back and saying, oh, yeah, I mean, Destiny 1 was great. It's like, no, everybody was complaining about the but meta I mean, all the time in Destiny 1. But still. it's because they cared, and there was That's still true. the audience there. Also, Destiny 2, everyone's just left. They're like, I'm done. Also, yeah. Yeah. people will always complain. You have yeah. to do a good job of separating yeah. what are valid complaints from actual player feedback that yeah. is meant to be constructive. And guess what? Broken weapons, that's also part of the meta. Yep. Sometimes the devs get it wrong. Sometimes there's an issue. Sometimes they don't foresee one thing being as good as it is. And they also have to make the call, like, is this broken or is this the meta? And I am not a dev, so I can't speak to how these decisions get made. But, like, I think generally people like 343 and uh, Blizzard do a good job of letting something sit either in PTR or in competitive play for a little while while we suss out whether or not it's just broken or mm-hmm. players just whining about it. Because guess what? The best players will always find a way to counter the meta if it can be countered. Mm-hmm. And then if they can do that, it proves it's not broken. It's just the meta. But if it can't and the game stays like that for a year, mm-hmm. then it's broken. Yeah. Well, let's talk about one of the positive changes out of the, the update this week. They say that uh, starting in Destiny Update 1.1.4, the competitive playlist will also feature a quitter penalty Good. per the dev team. Yes. Because the competitive playlist disables join in progress, leaving matches early for any reason can ruin people's games. Starting in 1.1.4, we are adding a system that can issue temporary restrictions 30 minutes in length for habitual quitters. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I mean yeah. – why not? Why wasn't this in there since the beginning? Exactly. Like, I think yeah. that's really privileged yeah. of me to say, but I'm glad it's coming at least mm-hmm. because that was the worst part about it is like you have two, you have two playlists. One, it's not called casual playlist, but quick mm-hmm. play and then one called competitive. Yeah. And what is the difference between them? Like well, the game modes, survival. I mean, the game modes, but nothing in terms of the competitive play, right? So mm. a penalty. What do you mean? Uh. Well, I mean, like, what are you saying? The game modes are totally different. So, but I'm saying, like, in terms of what dictates that this is a competitive playlist. Oh yeah, it's nothing. It's well, one note: no is, stats, no MMR, no, no KDA, no uh, medals, yeah. no anything like that. Like, I'll so, give the competitive playlist what competitive players want, which is those things and penalties for people who quit or correct trolls. Correct. And two more notes on the competitive playlist. They say, if you're entering the competitive playlist, make sure you have a solid connection and proper time to complete your matches. On our side, we're also increasing security measures to improve the Crucible environment as a whole, which means no more (laughs) disconnecting. Yeah, all that junk that's going on. (laughs) Yeah, it's been bad since D1. Yeah, and so real quick, Lauren, did you play uh, Destiny 2 a lot early on, and which did you like playing? Did you like playing the quick play, or did you like playing the competitive mode? Um, Well, competitive just would get frustrating because if someone leaves, then everyone else on the other team leaves. You just everyone wasted their time. I think that the fact that there will be a penalty now if someone leaves on my team, I'm more likely to stay and try to fight it out, even though I'm down a person, which makes games a little bit more interesting. Um, I played a lot of Trials in the beginning of D2, well, once Trials released, and that was the most frustrating thing, was constantly getting kicked from games, or right. having someone, um, having our whole team get kicked, and, and no all those systems. things. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and I so be- I miss the boots. Yeah, me too. So between survival, because I always now need to call it Trials of Osiris versus Trials of the Nine, they're very different. Uh, what did you <laughs> think of the countdown mode or just survival in and of itself as a gameplay mode? See, I I preferred survival. I didn't really like countdown that much, uh, which I'm kind of on the opposite side of the fence of most people with that one. Uh, I enjoyed the more um, objective based modes, but I prefer original. I really do. Trials of the Nine, right? Yeah. 
Rose I mean, yes, I, yes. Yeah. I can't yes. imagine there's Tri- any. Sorry, Trials of Osiris. I yeah. can't imagine there's Trials anyone out there who yeah. prefers Trials of the Nine to Trials of Osiris. At least yeah. I can't wrap my head around why. But like, yeah, I, I'm kind of on Lauren's side here, which is like, I didn't really, I came to tolerate Countdown, but to me, it's just kind of like, the lesser version of Counter-Strike, round-based. Mm-hmm. I didn't like... Because in Counter-Strike, it's still attack, defend, right? Yeah. But you're not alternating every round. You play 15 rounds on one side, 15 rounds on the next. Yeah. And that's great because it gets you in this mindset like you execute these strategies and tactics for this style of play mm-hmm. while attacking and then you can adjust if things aren't working and stuff where it's like... If you're attacking one time and then it's like, oh, that didn't work and you immediately want to try a different tactic, well, guess what? You're on defense now. Try mm. Time you to, to change up your play round, style. Yeah. Yeah. And then survival I liked in theory until people figured out that it really just became a standstill after you a long hide. period of time because of the TTK mm-hmm. yeah. and because of team running and team shotting. It just ended with like – did you, the first round of trials with survival, did you guys find all of your rounds coming down to like the last few seconds? Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, that was what. Well, because yeah, you'd have a standoff, and, yeah. and and then it would turn into oh, let's it's all just hide. because the it's goal. Yeah, the goal yeah. becomes don't die, right? Yeah, like unnecessarily <laughs> instead of get kills or you know eliminate the other team. It Earth, just, yeah. I just like I I think both of those modes in theory work well, but for trials it just didn't seem like the right fit. I, but that I, said, like I want I want modes like that in competitive play where it encourages more. Yeah, there's different game interesting modes, tactics, different kind of yeah. things to do. Yeah, I, I enjoyed playing them at first, but once I realized that I'm not having fun doing that, I just I'm fine with just quick play because mm-hmm. I'm gonna get disconnected. Trials of the Nine isn't fun because every game, every game, I swear somebody gets booted yeah. in the card, and I'm just like, I'm not gonna waste my time. I'm not gonna do it anymore. See, I haven't like, played Trials of the Nine since like the first month. But see, like, wouldn't it be fun if because I'm a solo queue in Halo. Like I play mostly by myself unless there are other people around to play. And I like this idea of playing like alone, like playing alone and competitive, right? And in Destiny, I do that just so that I can see the number on my competitive emblem go higher. Yeah, right. Like I like to say, like I like to brag, like I have 150 competitive wins before I stop playing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I That's think there you, are a lot you want of players. Ranks, then you'll play solo. Oh, I mean, how many times have I said out. this on the yeah. show? Right? Like, I want MMR. I want yeah. skill based matchmaking. I want Elo rating. I want stats. I want medals. Like, just give me all the things that they put in Halo Three in two thousand seven. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it shouldn't really be that make it competitive. Difficult. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people are talking about PvP because the update is going to focus heavily yes. on that sandbox. In addition, though, it should be noted that we are getting some uh, Nightfall updates. And here's what they say about the Nightfall-specific drops. Each terrible villain that players face should have a very rare and powerful unique item themed to them that tumbles to the ground as they collapse into a pile of bones. Last week, we gathered feedback from the community on how the community would like to discover these rewards, either through a quick tease here on the blog or from those among you who wish to be the first to show off their newly found loot. We'll be watching legends unfold as these rewards are enjoyed by players and hope many among you enjoy discovering these items via gameplay without being spoiled. Good call. Thank you. Yes. I want to find it out myself by running all the strikes and as a community, as opposed to Bungie, just here's everything that's going to be in the game. Cool. Well, like I don't need to chase that then. Yeah. You know? Yeah, we talked about that a little bit last week. Lauren, what are you? What's your feeling on that? I mean, even then, I don't. It's that's not exciting enough for me to be like, all right. Well, I think I might boot back up and go do a nightfall. Like there's well, because the desire of of needing any certain loot in the game is completely lackluster and gone for me. The idea of finding something that's mysterious, I'm just like, well, mm. eh. yeah. Well, it's not enough to bring me back per se. 
What about in May? Do you think that will have you interested enough yes. to at least check it out? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely so, think so. Are you? Do you enjoy the PVE content equally to the PvP? No. I. I mean, I'm definitely a PvP player, and mm-hmm. all of you know, from Jump D1 for the, I say the first six months, I was definitely PVE, and then once that content got a little lackluster, I started doing a lot more PvP, and ever since then, that's kind of been my my hangout area in d1 and d2 mm-hmm. that being said if they were to release you know a new raid or, or some tent that was similar to the raids we saw towards the beginning of d1 i know i would be back and i would be grinding and i would i could find a way to fall in love with the game again because pve sure. is ultimately what keeps people playing and then i feel like they naturally have a paradigm shift that goes towards pvp once that content isn't quite as entertaining which yeah, is what sure. i think should happen what are you hoping to see in May then? A raid. Yeah. It's not a puzzle. I don't mm-hmm. want a puzzle raid. I want a raid that is it's mechanically challenging in a gun skill way, not completing a puzzle or playing Scrabble or something. Like I want something that <laughs> I need to have good aim. I need to have good teammates that know where to be and where to position themselves in those type of encounters in order to succeed. What if the team at Bungie is like, ah, Scrap the Scrabble encounter. Yeah. Oh, I guess we can't do that now. <laughs> I mean, this is why I. This is why I actually place like Wrath of the Machine as a raid, like pretty high up mm-hmm. on in terms of my enjoyment level. That final Axis mm-hmm. fight, like that wasn't like you had to figure out a puzzle, right? Mm-hmm. But it was largely based on how fast are you at shooting and running and jumping and yeah. reacting quickly. Yeah. Like yes. there wasn't yeah. any of that in. Uh, Fault of glass. What is this even called? Glow. The new raid? Oh, <laughs> oh, Leviathan? oh. yeah. Leviathan. Either or yeah. yeah. Yeah, like that final encounter. Argos? I remember. Argos or, or Callus? The Emperor. Yeah, Callus. Yeah, yeah. uh, fake yeah. Emperor. Like, I, did, I remember that encounter being interesting the first time, but I was like super angry about it because it was very glitchy for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, gotcha. And just still like. Is. Still is, yeah. Wow. I mean. What's your chess piece? But like from a. <laughs> oh, yeah, that. When you're, you know, it just didn't feel challenging enough to be killing ads in the room. And when it didn't feel challenging when you're in the ethereal plane to like shoot the things like once you knew what was supposed to be happening. Whereas even if you know what's supposed to be happening in Axis, there's this element of you still have to be able to run and jump and shoot fast enough. Like it's a skill oriented Mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. I just think they got rid of almost all of that in the PvE content. So it's funny that you say that. I mean, I will I will say that I did enjoy the callous fight in and of itself because I thought it was very different from anything else that Destiny had done prior. And so um, the, the communication that was required, the fact that like you saw different things on each player's screen and then you had to figure that out. Like the first time of doing that, I thought that was amazing. Like, I mean, it's cool. You know, and so I hear what you're saying. I think that they go back and forth between that. Now, it's funny that we are all saying this. I think the, the biggest lacking feature, there's not enough bosses in those raids, right? And the same yeah, thing with sure. the other worlds. Everybody wants You got to shoot the dogs that don't move. That's right. <laughs> that's uh, A lot of people are not a fan of those or dogs. Or they just glitch out you and not. chase you from no, the other side of the map. But I think there needs to be a balance, you know, with, with uh, even Taken King. I think Taken King is the right sort of size, maybe a little long, but there's mm-hmm. a combination the of... Yeah, the raid. Yeah. I like yeah. Taken King. I like yeah. that. I actually think Good. King's Fall might be the best 
straight overall. It, it mm-hmm. has the most balance of activity-based type things and, and bosses puzzles, and, and puzzles yeah. and everything combined. But it's, it's a very long raid. Um, it's interesting. Always my favorite. You like yeah. that? Yeah. I mean, yeah. so it's interesting to hear you also say how you know you played the PVE obviously when it's new, and then you would ship to PvP. That was me. Like I never played PVE really at all. If the first four or five months, I think I even played Crota more than Vault because I came into it at that point because I was searching for certain weapons. Um, but I always mm-hmm. kind of said that PVE, you know, PVP is the end game. You take the stuff that you acquired in PVE and then go play in the Crucible for three or four mm-hmm. months. So um, for you, if Lauren, if if the March update here in a few days on the 27th makes the game feel totally different in PVP, then how do you think you'll feel about it? Um, I think it would bring me enough. I, I'll go back and try and see what it feels like. Yeah. And I'd, I'd probably still play a little bit and, and maybe put it in rotation a little bit more if I am enjoying myself. But even then, I think it'll take May, whatever if, if that is when the content drops is in May. It'll it'll take a big content um, release in order to, to keep me playing every day. Let's actually make that the last question of the show. I think we've kind of covered off on all the topics this week, mm-hmm. but I do want to ask you, and uh, Lauren, I think you already just gave your answer, but do you think March is the make or break update for Destiny 2, or do you think the May content drop update will be it? Because May. for me, you're, you're saying May. Go, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No, no, sorry. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So I agree with you. I think May is going to be pretty make or break for destiny people will continue to leave if that is not interesting content we'll we'll see that spike that we regularly see but if if it's not engaging they will bail uh this update is like setting up for that everything's been setting up for may and then everything after that will set up for the fall the big fall update to get players back in and I, it it will be may March will bring, bring some people back they'll bring back the pvp crowd pop possibly some people that'll be chasing the the gears the gear, but on the internet, I'm sit- hearing people say that like that is Mercury Break for Destiny March. I disagree. I think it's May. What about you, CJ? So I think it's March. Uh, as a PvP guy, to me, it's like if the systems aren't in play that makes the game feel fun for a lot of people coming back to PvP, I think they could release all the, the downloadable content in the world and you know, people are just going to go, well, you know what? I, I played March and unless they decide to introduce another roadmap that includes maybe, you know, more dedicated tweaks, I think there'll always be the casual people who come back and play the DLC just to play through it, and then that's it. Like, I don't think it will hold people into the game the way Destiny 1 did. Yeah, but March 27th doesn't have marketing associated with it. No, it doesn't, but the people who are into Destiny are waiting for that PvP fix, I think, um, versus right now. You know, we played through, and I mean, for the most part, I don't know about you, but I've grinded through most of the weapons in, um, you know, the Osiris DLC. I'm thinking I'm at one more left of the quest, and most people are in. I don't in care. I'm in agreement. Yeah, that they d- yeah. that they don't really care. Yeah, I got thought, the shotgun. Yeah, that they Who thought cares? those weapons weren't worth grinding for, and I think that's the thing, right? If PvP becomes fun because of this update, and maybe tweak some of those weapons or the TTK, I think people will return. Versus if it doesn't. Unless they decide to do that again and May releases a whole new sandbox of weapons that mm-hmm. maybe then increases TDK because there's new weapons out there and new armor, then, I mean, that's it, right? So it is a wait and see thing. But yeah, for me, March 27th is probably the bigger of the two. All right. Sean? <clears throat> um, I don't know, man. It's really hard to say. I think it's alarmist to call either of them like the make or break point. Like I truly believe that while we sit here in our – uh, in our journalist slash 
personality slash show host, whatever streamer bubbles, uh, <laughs> that we have like a really close and maybe in a way myopic view of the game. Like yeah. I think like we, yes, there are a lot of problems with it. Yes, a lot of the core people are unhappy, but like I honestly think Destiny is too big to fail. Mm-hmm. On the strength of one update or two updates. Yeah, yeah. I do think that the March update will probably bring some of the most curious people back. Uh, I think that a big stepping stone will be the May update. Like, mm-hmm. I think, like, if that is a, I think if that's a bust, then you're really in a hole until you re, you basically relaunch your game, uh, it, later this fall. But I think, I don't think, I don't think Destiny is ever dead. No, I, I don't think it's dead, but I think when people talk about it within the context and saying that, again, Lauren, I mean, you, you as well streaming, how often have you streamed Destiny? Like when you look at the Twitch numbers and when you look at the community engagement, that's what people are referring to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, I think the March update will, the biggest thing is if you, if you're trying to fix things for, for people who are playing the game and giving back feedback, it's for the people who are playing the game. The biggest yeah. issue right now is there's not nearly as many people playing the game as there used to be. So I think that update is really catering to those that are still playing, but it won't be enough to necessarily bring people back. It'll keep those that are staying dedicated to your game happy and more likely to purchase content down the road. But yeah. it, I think it truly will take new content, a fresh, what feels like a restart mm-hmm. to bring people like myself and other people who played, you know, I had 5,000 plus hours on a single console on D1. And I played on every yeah. console uh, to bring me back to D2. This yeah. is a band-aid for the people who are playing. Mm-hmm. I need new content to come back. This this will get the hardcore PvP enthusiasts back to check it out, possibly the PvE enthusiasts to check out the new weapons. But I think it's going to drop off really quick. I think May mm-hmm. is a chance to bring in all those people plus a new player base. And that's why I lean more towards May, personally. Yeah, I mean, like I think... But you're right, Sean, though. It's not going to die, but the numbers no. are yeah, like more tremendously likely, low. Like it's ninety. Like truth be told, there I think there's like a ninety five percent chance that the March update drops. Either Lauren's right, and it's specifically for the people playing, or I'm right, and maybe the most curious people come back. Yeah. But you don't see a huge fluctuation. Then you have the May thing come out, which is everyone will be talking about that. Everyone will be talking positive about it or negative. Yeah, yeah, or positive or negative. But guess what? Most likely, it'll be. All right, mm-hmm. like not terrible, not great. It won't be Curse of Osiris. Yeah, it won't. It won't kill. Yeah, it won't <laughs> kill the game, and it won't. Uh, it won't be the Taken King. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then what? We'll, what we're really looking at in terms of make or break moments for Destiny as a whole, as a franchise, even outside, I think is that fall update. Like mm-hmm. if you yeah. if you screw up that one, then you're really in the grave for then a your, long time. Your next time yeah. not until like. Destiny three. Honestly, then, if you mess that one up, yeah, like you're looking at yeah, Destiny three. I yeah. think. Destiny and three. like, yeah. h- how would you even market that? Like after you flub it that bad, I mean, yeah. it's a very difficult new flub. title. Don't call it Destiny three. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like three. Yeah, no, no number three <laughs> at the end. <laughs> this is the last thing I'll say. I got to give a couple shout outs to people who are engaged in our discussion. But it's, thanks, Sean's w- right. Cool. No, no, not so quite. Uh, but it, it is interesting. I mean, I will say we are kind of. You're right. In in a bubble in a way, we're representing most of the people I think who feel not so connected to Destiny two. There are some people who like Destiny 2 better. From a PvP Mm -hmm. standpoint, I am not one of those guys. I like Destiny 1 PvP way better. So um, do you know anybody, Lauren, I'm going to pose the question to you, who actually likes Destiny 2 better than Destiny 1? 
Uh, yeah, like people who I'm, you know, friends in like in real life that, you know, would pick up the game on the weekend and play for a couple hours and that's it. They're not big gamers. They maybe dedicate five mm-hmm. hours a week to gaming. I know that they still enjoy it yeah, because they don't need to put as much time and effort in to do little things and they don't, they're, they're not big on making great accomplishments. But when it comes to the content creator standpoint, I can't think of one person who would prefer that I know of that prefers D2 over D1. So it's it's really weird. Like we don't we don't take that side. And I think what's odd, you know, just right now about having a show called Fire Team Chat is for the most part we're talking about the negative sides of Destiny. And I mean, for the most part in year one, I said I'm excited about something. No, I know, but <laughs> you know what I mean. Like it's it's weird how now we're kind of at this point because everybody's saying that oh, you know, it's you, you get in this really weird spot where you want to advocate for Destiny, and we all I think love the lore and love what the game means and from a community standpoint. But it is really difficult, and most of the people that I know who are enjoying it are casual in the sense that they do yeah. not feel the need to spend five six hours a day mm-hmm. on it like you know like i did and like i could, we I could literally here, do everything right? on tuesdays and that so, I, it yeah. that's that was i've seen this comment in reddit yeah destiny's become a tuesday and a friday game <laughs> in a yeah, i mean that shouldn't affect our opinions though right like our no. opinions are opinions but we just have to make sure that we're contextualizing them with yep. this knowledge that we're not speaking for everyone. We're just speaking for a particular type of player and yeah. content creator. Yeah. Because yeah, here, here's sh- my opinion. I haven't had a reason to log on for two weeks. Right. Yeah. Well, this yeah, goes to this goes back to my philosophy, which on. is like I think just on a grand level, this isn't even just about destiny, right? Like I think every games developer should balance their mm-hmm. games and design their games for their f- most hardcore fans, mm-hmm. like. Because those are the people who evangelize the content. Those are the people who are going to spend the amount of time and resources it takes to make quality content, which then further encourages the community, which then builds the community, which then creates more content creators. It's just this positive feedback loop that Destiny 1 had, right? Like how many hours of Destiny 1 did you play, CJ? 2,200 or something 2,200, like Destin. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're around 1200. And I'm the least of y'all, which is yeah. I have 850. Y'all. Lauren, I'm sure you probably had a, 5,000, she said. 5,000 on one just console. On, just, that was just on PS4, and I played on PS4 the least. So. Yeah, so <laughs> like, and here I am burned out at 125 hours. Like, yeah. clearly something's wrong if you're me, the yeah. hardcore <laughs> player, the, the, the content creator. Uh, so, I mean, maybe Bungie's not interested in that. Yeah. And they might not be. I don't know. I'm not a dev. I don't work at Bungie. I don't have insight. Maybe we should ask Jason Schreer. <laughs> but like I think that perspective represents that that player, right? Definitely. Maybe maybe there's there are I know there's thousands and thousands of casuals who love it. And that's yeah. great. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I don't think so about 50,000. CJ, real quick, any more shout outs? This is it. I wanted to give uh, a couple people who are saying that they agreed with me a shout out. Oh um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Grace, uh, Grace Hughes said, uh, this is awesome, but CJ got owned by Sean. That one's actually, <laughs> that one's pretty well liked. Uh, also, I think Lanky84 said, yeah, Sean is right. Everything is equal, a little bit undesirable. You know, I, I mean, there's, there's some context Two. to that. Yeah. For Sean. Uh, Super Sean. Uh, there's a couple here. Corey Lyons. Corey Super Lyons Sean. music. He's always, uh, he's always on my side. Actually agree with CJ. <laughs> they were constantly crapped on by the community with random roles. So this is kind of what we got instead. Uh, and then also Mr. I think it was Albie. CJ's right. It did come down to a few primary weapons in D1 that were very, very popular. And, uh. That's more fun though. It is more fun. But this is, so. It's so two for Sean and two that CJ dug out of the woodwork <laughs> for CJ. Uh, Got it. The last two were, they, they see both sides of what we were saying. That sounds. Uh, the yeah, fence sitters. That's right. Jay Thomas was saying, I do see Sean's point. However, totally agrees with CJ. Whatever. And then the other one was filthy. I'd rather have less guns with 
random rolls than a hundred plus reskinned weapons yes. with boring perks. Yeah. And that was the one I think that kind of solidified, yeah, like more of what we're thinking. Mm-hmm. We all want it to be a bit more special. And yeah, I would rather have yeah, less things to chase that were all really good than 400,000 plus weapons that, that were yeah. not Plus great, that just gets so. overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. You have that many options. Uh-huh. Like I would get things and I would just I would be too scared to dismantle anything and my vault ends up being full and then I'm <laughs> yeah. just a hoarder right? and I have no idea what I even have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm I, on I the D one I'm like, oh God, I have everything. <laughs> I yeah. forgot. Yeah. I forgot what it was like. Lauren, you, you just queued up our our end, I think, which is the vault count, Dustin. Oh. <laughs> what was it like? You just had seven days last week. One thousand two hundred and eighty nine days, I think. Oh yeah. no. Yeah, the last they fixed the ball. Oh. Yeah, I'm guesstimating. <laughs> All right, that's the end of the show. Lauren, thank you so much for joining us. Where can people find your stuff? You can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv backslash MissTeamKK. And thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate of, the opportunity. Of course, you were awesome. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> All right, guys, that's it for this time. Until next time, Guardians out. Guardians out. out. <laughs> <laughs> the delay. That works. That's great. I like it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.